Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great ESPN podcast, the C.J. McCollum Show, where every week, New Orleans Pelicans star C.J. McCollum discusses names and storylines in and around the NBA with inside perspective you can only get from someone in the locker room and on the floor. That's the C.J. McCollum Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bobani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Happy New Year to everybody. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us. Coming to us live from H-Town. Check him out at Slate. You know, Joel Anderson. What's going on? What's up? I'm, I'm literally this weekend. I'm Joel from Missouri City. You know what I'm okay. saying? Okay. So, yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Just put, get it right. Get it all right. right. Not Houston, all right. Missouri City. I, I know right. there's some people on the north side. Yeah, yeah. Ain't nobody talking to you about that. Look, I don't know if people can see Joel's shirt right now. It says frogs, but I just want to let you know we'll be talking about TCU a little later. So, like, don't get on yeah. your bullshit early. We have important things to actually talk about. I know how to behave in front of company, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, you don't. Because I told you before we got <laughs> on, we're going to start with the serious stuff before you get all your bullshit. And then you immediately started opening it up like you were Superman, like we can't you, already see your shirt. You, you pointed it out. And this is also, this is I think of this as an audio medium, you know? So yeah, yeah, everybody no, didn't yeah, have to see yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Now, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I wanted to ask you this because you play college football. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you're, one of your college roommates has you know, worked with the NFL Players Association for a while. So the, the DeMar Hamlin situation, I like for former players, like for NFL players in particular, they looked so weary on television on Tuesday. Like they had been up all night, like it had happened to them. Like I found myself being a little bit tired, but I had a flight and all this stuff, you know, and I was watching that like, it wasn't personal to me, but man, did you notice that from like talking to guys, you know, who played at your level and higher that it hit in a much different way this time than I think we've ever seen in one of these moments. I think you saw in that moment, the idea of the NFL being a fraternity or the people that even play the game at a certain level as a fraternity, because I mean, for all the violence that is inflicted, we inflict on each other in that game. I mean, one of the, fundamental things that we do at the start of every game if we're praying or even if we're just talking with our teammates and coaches before a game we say we we pray or we hope that everybody gets out of this game safely like that is just the fundamental thing like beyond the scoreboard anything else you just want to get out of there intact um and for when whenever something like that happens it just really brings to mind like the fragility of the human body man like that's the thing i just think about it's like it doesn't it doesn't take much for something really bad to happen to a human body, man. And um, the, the DeMar Hamlin's thing, it just like anybody can sort of relate to that. It didn't look like a hard hit. It didn't look like anything traumatic had happened. Like sometimes you can look at a hit and see something bad happen. But I think everybody can just sort of look at that scene and say, that could have very easily been me. Or that could have been somebody I care about out there. And uh, that's really moving. And I mean, you know, I, I was watching the game with my wife kind of, you know, but my attention was split. It was just on the game. And then I saw all these people crying, like in the moment. And my wife in particular was moved. She said, I've said, do they normally do this? Do they normally cry like this and show emotion? Because I'm really moved by that. And I was like, you know what? I don't, for all the catastrophic injuries we've seen in football in the course of our lives, I can't remember seeing people affected like that in the moment. Can you like, cause I, no. I, it, their their response made me think that the worst had happened. Right. The closest I can think of is like look at Lawrence Taylor immediately after yes. he nearly killed Joe Theismann. Yes. Right. Like like yes. like that's the one. The oh my god, look what I did. That wasn't this though. You know right. what I mean? Like I think, and people who know me know this about me. When you start talking about the like horrific catastrophic injuries of the last fifteen years. I'm not the person for you to talk to about it. If I don't see it as it happens, I'm not going back to watch it. I don't really see the purpose. Like Gordon Hayward, I was watching that game and I remember him being on the ground and I was like, hey, oh, no need to look at that anymore. 
Right, I'm, Dak Prescott. I was like in a similar place where it's like I'm not. I don't do that. I never you know saw the mean? Kevin the Kevin Ware from Louisville. No, fan. never saw it. Like no I didn't see it live, right. so there was no need for me to follow up. So right. on this one, I saw that they had. You know, they were around a dude. He was injured. I wasn't paying attention. And then once they showed a replay, I'm like, okay, I'm not really in on this. So I even now I haven't seen the hit. I didn't see the oh, thing wow. with him up and down. And so they go to break, and then they come back. And they're still around him. And, you know, I'm starting to see the press circles get going. And so I'm thinking in this moment that this is something head injury or spinal, right? Like, right. like this is, you know, something to the nervous system. That's normally where, where we are when we right. get to this place. And then they go to break again. And then they come back. And Joe Buck is like, there's really nothing to say. And I'm like, whoa, I've yeah. never heard yes. that one before. Then they go away another time. Like, I can't keep track of it all. And then Joe Buck comes back and says that they had been administering CPR. Yes. And I had never heard that before. That, like, that was what got me. Yeah, that was that was that was the point where they're talking about they're administering yeah. CPR, but they were still all down there. And then they went back to the studio and they yeah. got Susie Colbert and Adam Schefter and um and Booger McFarlane. And bless their hearts, man. Like this is not this ain't this ain't the same thing as it's a first round knockout and we got a long time before the main event starts, right? Like, yeah. how are you feeling that time? And you could tell they were scrambling, trying to figure this out. Like, I can't imagine as somebody who has worked in television but doesn't really do live television. I can't imagine what the chaos was that they were dealing with. And I'm looking at Schefter, and again, I have I still don't really have any idea like what kind of injury or what kind of situation we're talking about. They said the dude stood up three seconds, then fell out, and Right after Buck started talking about the CPR and everything, I got on the phone and I called Dominique. And I said, did we just watch somebody die? Because I felt like I was overreacting. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to be dramatic, but they can't say we think we just watched somebody die. I'm right. like, I think we just watched somebody die. And I called Dominique. I was like, did we just watch somebody die? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And so... They're doing all the stuff on the field. We don't. All we know is that everybody's crowded around. They showing that shot of Josh Allen, and I've never seen anybody look like that at a professional sporting event. You see that after like a car accident, a, yeah, a, a really bad car accident. You see somebody like, oh my gosh, that's you yeah. know, and and that's. I'm thinking again that we he saw somebody die in front of him. That's yeah. That those are the faces that I've seen that circumstance yeah. before. So yeah, so he's he's staring off into space. I'm now like talking to people. We're on the phone, you know, just people I know in, you know, in industry stuff. And it's wild because anybody that would be anything close to the situation, and by close, I mean like administratively close, not necessarily like somebody on the Buffalo Bills or whatever. You can't even call them because clearly they're a little bit busy right now. Right. You right. know, like, like we can't, we can't get any of this. It was just so wild, like as it goes. And then the ambulance comes in, right? Which again is like what happens with spinal stuff. But it took him a while to get that what? boy in that ambulance, and that was when I went cold. That's when we we so we texted about that. I was like, I it's only ever been, at least in my experience, bad news when the ambulance is moving with no urgency. Yes, and 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 it was just a very it, it's not casual, but it just seemed they were moving very slowly. Remember the sirens weren't on, and we were like that tends to be the worst news yeah um, so i mean yeah we just had to infer a lot of things in the absence of actual information and i mean how do you talk about that I mean, what, again if joe buck has nothing to say there probably isn't that much to say about what's happening no. in the no well you know the ambulance thing and like the inferences that we were making or that we i guess kind of had to make at that point and not because anybody was doing anything wrong but just like it's it's just where we were I know somebody who works at a place, right? We're just going to call it a place. Okay. And it's the kind of place where ambulances got to pull up fairly often. Mm. Oh, but the thing man. they say about that is no matter what happens, no matter what the circumstance is, there are sirens on the way there and there are sirens on the way back mm -hmm. because no matter what, at least in the way that people see it, ain't nobody die at the place. Yeah. You see right. what I'm saying? Right. They get declared wherever. Yeah, at yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. But it ain't, 
Right. We are we are comporting ourselves as though a person is alive at right. the place. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. They didn't do that. Right. And that got me, right? And may and that is, I guess, in part my cynical mind operating mm -hmm. and just being like, hey man, I would think that the NFL would absolutely want to make sure, and that's probably me not being fair to them, but I don't mm -hmm. think I'm being unfair to the larger macro environment that we live in, but it made me extra nervous when mm -hmm. there weren't like the fact that we are recording this right now at 1020 Eastern time on Wednesday, January 3rd. And DeMar Hamlin is still alive. I did not think he left that stadium alive. Oh, I mean me either. I I mean, they said they, they stopped the ambulance, let the family in too, or his mother. And I'm like, yeah. that, <laughs> that sounds like the actual worst case scenario right there. And yet that whenever, Whenever I go back to Twitter or wherever I'm getting my information and I read about DeMar Hamlin now, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're here. You know, this is not necessarily analogous, but you, maybe you'll understand. Do you, when the OJ chase happened, I remember thinking, we're going to see OJ Simpson kill himself on TV. Yes. Right. And the fact that he didn't. I was like, wow, like we really were spared. So it felt like that sort of urgency to me. I was like, we watched somebody die. And then the fact that he didn't die, I'm like, oh, wow, we, okay. How do we move on from here? Right, and, um, nobody, and nobody had an answer for that. Like, I remember as I was watching it, and when they snapped and they showed uh, Joe Burrow warming up. Yeah. And I was about to tweet, they really about to play some football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, like yeah. they they really about to play football. I I was just gonna say just that they're really about to play football yeah. and just leave it there. Um, and then I looked at it and I saw them coaches come to midfield. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. man, it ain't about to be no football. <laughs> um, and and right. the thing is, no matter what the NFL said or the NFL did or did not tell them or anything else, no matter what it was, it wasn't gonna be no game because the players weren't about to play. Right. And I don't even necessarily have like super harsh judgment for the NFL if their immediate thought was, we gonna play. Like, I know this will sound trivial, but this is the truth. Somebody get shot at Waffle House. They gonna get that body out. You they gonna me, clean you up. You told me not to be a fool. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, they're they gonna clean up <laughs> and then they gonna serve some waffles. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Waffle oh, House, man. like legendarily, they measure... Um, like how bad a storm is by whether or not Waffle Big House is closed. Right, absolutely. Like this, like this is this is like legitimately like a scientific measure, right? Oh, like yeah, because sure. Waffle House don't close. Period. Right. The NFL does not stop. Period. They have nothing in their manual for what if somebody dies out here or what if it looks like somebody dies out here. They, there, there's no like clear, this is what we're going to do here sort of thing. And so everybody fell into what they've done their whole lives. Next man up. Right. Well, and see, that's, I think that, I mean, I'm not inclined to side with the NFL in any issue related to player safety, player health. But I think that what was going on in that moment is that the manual is, the playbook is we get started in five minutes. We give the players five minutes under, after every sort of circumstance like this, after Reggie Brown, after Mike Utley, after Kevin Everett. Like those were terrible, terrible incidents that looked really, really bad. And they kept playing those games. And so I'm thinking that that machinery got into motion. Yeah. And as that's happening, people are like, oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, and it takes a while to communicate that and bring everybody together. Um, yeah. And I think that that's the, I don't think the NFL ever seriously considered putting those players back out on the field. Right. Well, well, this is what I think. I, it all depends on what you mean by the NFL, right? Right. right. Like, 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 there is not a person named Norman Frederick Lawson, <laughs> right? Like, like, it all it all depends on what you mean by the NFL. No, there was absolutely somebody that was like, "Damn, I guess we about to play some ball." <laughs> right, like, like, they, like, there was, I mean, and you know, there was somebody that was like that because there were players on the field, not all of them, obviously, who snapped into, all right, time to go. Joe Burrow was warming up. Stephon Diggs was trying to rally the troops, even though Stephon Diggs was clearly Shaking. not in a position to play. Right, Shaking, they, totally. they were doing what they do, and so what I don't think happened was, I imagine there was somebody that was like, all right, I guess we go in in five minutes. Damn, this is messed up, and then somebody who was like. A, 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 A. 
Ixnay <laughs> on the IFA in its May, right? But what I don't think there was was somebody after that who was like, no, we have sponsors and we are going to go get this money. I don't think, or, or at the very least, I don't think that person hopped in the group chat, right? That person didn't get on the Slack channel and be like, man, y'all like a like some punks right now. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, like, next man up. Next yeah, man yeah. Up. I don't think that, but I do think that people fell into habits. And so, no, the NFL did not call down and say, you got five minutes. Because the NFL didn't have to call down and say, you got five minutes. Because everybody knows rain, sleep, yep. snow, hail, we going to get this mail, right? Like, like that's, that's that's what everybody, yeah. And it took a minute for people, I think, to snap out of it. And I don't, and also let's remember this too. Didn't everybody see what happened? Yeah. Right. Not everybody. Think about how long it took us as we were talking about it to really do the math and figure out that worst case scenario might've been at play. Right. Now you imagine you watching this from somewhere else. Yeah. Well, you mean like, uh, you like you come in. Well, I guess my thing is, is that I never actually saw what happened, but I don't feel like you needed to see what happened to know something bad had happened. Uh, and but something, and, but something bad happening is not the metric for right. whether or not to shut down a football game. But, but okay, but I think the thing is, is the the reaction of the players, not the incident yeah. itself, but the reaction itself is what made it. So all all you had to see to me was Josh Allen's face, the tears running down Stephon Diggs's. Uh, cheeks yes. and I was like oh I've never seen that before and yes I don't think I that's like you said you haven't seen the hit uh Damar Hamlin against T Higgins I don't think I needed to see it because I saw that and I was like well, it's gonna be hard to get them dudes back out yeah. there and the oh yeah it went it went going down <laughs> like yeah. this was and it 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 went going down like on a matter of protest right it was yeah. just I can't do it this is it <laughs> yo can you imagine being Sean McDermott and let's say they restarted the game yeah Trying to give the halftime adjustments. Oh man! <laughs> man, he's coming there and be like, uh, "Hey man, hey, 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 two more quarters on three, yeah, right? Like, 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 like." I'm gonna listen. give you. The, you got 15 minutes. Take the time you need, and yeah. I'll see you. I'll see you on the yeah. field. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I, I'm gonna go in the back. <laughs> like, there's, 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 there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing to be said like in a time like this. I'm thinking about this too. If you was the coach that tried to rally them, um, I don't know if this is intentional, but these don't seem like the Cincinnati Bengals of yore. <laughs> oh, we are oh, so you basically trying to say who's? Oh man. Well, I'll, say it this. I'll say it is. Imagine trying to tell Pac-Man Jones he got to get back out there and play some football right oh, no. now. No, Bamani, please help me. What's the name of the guy from Arizona State, the linebacker? Why perfect. Not... Yeah, Vontez. Vontez yeah, Perfect. Tell, yeah, tell Vontez Perfect what he about to do in that circumstance. Yeah, like uh, like them, them, <laughs> them, like them, them extra emotional dudes, right? Where yeah. it's not like, like you just think that they, they rap scallions, but they got hearts. You know yeah, what I'm right. saying? They feel, and they done seen homies die before, uh, right? The like they, yeah. they've, been da- they've been down here. Imagine you going in that dude's face talk about, all right. You 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 know what we got to do. We right. ain't got to, we ain't got to do nothing, bro. Right, right. So, Terrence, you might want to feel the hole next time. Like you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, nah, 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 nah. They nah, 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 nah. Sean McDermott. There was no moment at which Sean McDermott was about to go in there and tell them dudes what they' about to do right now. <laughs> I mean, Mm-mm. but and you know, but even that, I mean, I felt like. That is a real improvement. And I don't think, I mean, maybe people want to criticize the NFL, but I think that it speaks to a real growth uh, in the game that people understood in that moment that like you can't, you shouldn't even try to make players play under that circumstance because yeah. there was so many, you go back a generation, I don't even think the, I don't think the coaches are going to involve the players as much. I don't think that they're going to, I think, I think that a generation ago, they play that game. And we know enough now to not do that. So I don't know if they play that game a generation ago. Hmm. I'm not sure. I do think they play that game two generations ago. And the reason that I think they play that game two generations ago is one thing we got to remember is uh, it used to be that all them football coaches have fought in a war before. Mm, That's very important, 
then World War II veterans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. World War II, v, uh, Korea. Vietnam. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, those cats had Vietnam, I guess, not as much, right? Because mm -hmm. I think we started, you know, getting out of that point because people started going to college to get <laughs> out of it, you know, and it goes. But those cats, I wonder how that mentality goes because for them, they have actually seen their homies die and kept on doing whatever it was that they was doing. Like it was no, it was no day. War ain't got no days off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey right. man, I'm gonna need. We gonna need. We gonna need a mental health day, man. Yeah, I don't PTO. know if you saw. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you saw, man. But like five, five of my partners got taken out by by mine. So I'm gonna need to chill out for a little bit. That ain't really how it worked um, right. at that time, you know. But these. I think the coaches, all these, it's a much more bourgeois existence than it used to be. And I think that this idea of stopping down for your mental health, honestly, is something that you can do if you can afford it. Right. And that, that is part of where we are. But I don't think, I don't think if this had happened 15 years ago, that they would have tried to make them play. I also think that even if they had tried, it just wasn't happening. Because one thing that isn't different I think the fans would have been affected absolutely the same way. And that was part of why they couldn't do this. Like all those people in the stadium, could you imagine how surreal it would have been to sit well, there and like keep watching this? Well, but I was actually wondering about that and I would love to hear more uh, from the fans there. I was kind of curious, why did they stay um, after, 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 after the ambulance had taken them off the field? What do you think they were waiting on? It, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Because I admit I said that on Twitter and I tried to be as benign as possible in my yeah, expression. Sure. Like I really wasn't offering judgment. I was really saying I am surprised that so many people are still there under the circumstances. And I had people hit me up. I think one guy said that he was at a minor league baseball game when a dude got hit in the head with a line drive. And I don't know if he killed him or not, but like it really, really took him out. And he said, A, part of it was kind of just shock. Um, and two, I think they were, they had, he said that some people would conclude that the stadium is the place where you'll get information the fastest. Now, I actually think that that is just an erroneous hypothesis. I think you'll get it faster somewhere else. Cause in the stadium, like you're going to find on Twitter, whatever they're going to tell you on the stadium. You, you know what I mean? Like, right. I don't, I don't know if that necessarily helps, but it did stop me from going to like a judgmental place. Cause I did kind of think like, Y'all ain't hanging out here thinking it's still going to be a football game because I wouldn't want to watch no more football. But there are reasons that people pointed out to me that I thought made sense for why somebody might still be there that are other than continuing to watch football. Right. And I guess, you know what, to, uh, and thinking about it as, as we're talking about this, I mean, it is like community. Like they just, they all saw something traumatic in the same way the players did. Those fans saw it too. And there was a community of people there they could talk about it with and kind of share that. Like, man, did you see that? What do you think? You know, yeah. that sort of thing. So that makes a little bit more sense. I can I can get it. But I wasn't yeah. I wasn't judging. I was just, I oh, was yeah, just yeah, yeah. No, but I was in the same place as you. Like, yeah. it was just kind of like, huh, this is surprising. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Let me ask you this, though. Mm. Did somebody <laughs> go talk to Mike Brown or did Mike Brown go talk to somebody else uh, who started the email chain that read, um, are we giving refunds? Question mark. Just tell them we'll honor these tickets when the game is rescheduled. That game is not, I repeat, <laughs> not being rescheduled. Look, 
I bought concert tickets to a Belle Bib DeVoe concert uh, for March 2020. Uh, and they never gave me my money back, man. So I, I can't imagine Mike Brown. <laughs> I can't say, hey, man, you know, you bought the preseason. You probably didn't go to all the preseason games either. So what's the same, what's the difference? Mike Brown be like, these are the breaks. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. No, no. He's like, yeah, it's really unfortunate, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I suffered trauma, too. Um, right, right. He's like, I'm still spending Jeff Blake money, man. I, yeah, I yeah, no. Mike Brown, I'm Mike Brown ain't trying to get, like, some, somebody has called up to ask for their money back, right? The tickets, I assure you, were not cheap. Somebody, after a while, the you know, the, the shock wore off. And they was like, so what's up with these tickets? <laughs> like, I'll never forget. I'll never forget this long as I live. I did my last day of the Morning Jones radio show I did on Sirius. And it was a very emotional thing, man. I was on the verge of tears on the way out. And on the way and after that happened, I got a DM from a listener who was like, you sent me my t-shirt yet? <laughs> there is always somebody who is able to accept and move on just a little bit too fast right and it's not so much that they move it on is that they're moving on to the absolute wrong thing Hey man, we all move different. I mean, those people keep the those people keep the trains moving in a, in a manner of speaking. So yeah, no, some people the show go on right, like like that's how they and that was I think that's Look, NFL default. Like the idea that they would keep going if they had done it. When you think about the other things that they've kept going after happening, this just felt different. But it isn't that much different. This is oh. just what they do. And I had to, like, I really had to stop because it's so easy to bang on the NFL in this moment, right? Like, people people found the people that they decided that they wanted to bang on. It's the ones that they would assume. Like, the, the whole thing happening with Skip was just wild to watch. Hey, the uh, man apologized. And, like, he was not clear, and I always make the argument that as a professional communicator, it's on you. If people right. don't understand you, I get it. But it went to a whole different place, man. The dude was trying to say, how could we ever think about seeding or anything else like that? But he ain't had no equity. And right. so people just banged. People didn't want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I think if you listen to the show every day, I'm inclined to get like, skip is skip. But um, I don't think he meant I don't think no, he had any ill intent. Dude. No, no, not at, not at all. But I will say this. Uh, FS1, I mean, if y'all, you know, I'll do it for half. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I, don't, so, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know which it or which like which chair you're looking for, but neither of them is available to you, brother. Unfortunately, yeah. it ain't yeah. available to me. It ain't, it ain't happening. But no, I just, I'm curious to see how this goes, like as we get to the week, because with the injury itself, I hope this doesn't sound trivial, but I think yeah. you'll get where I'm coming from here, like. When I was little and used to watch wrestling, they had the moves were more old school back <laughs> then, right? <laughs> and they had this finishing move. I think Big John Studd did it. A couple other people. Oh, I know uh, the previous incarnations of The Undertaker did it. It's called the heart punch. And the finishing move was you punch somebody in their heart and then they grab their chest looking like Red Fox <laughs> and they hit the ground and then one, two, three, tap them out. And I was like, wow, this is an inc incredibly dramatized, uh, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. That's what happened to this dude, yeah. apparently. Oh, yeah. He took a blow to the chest, and that threw off his heart rhythm, and that's what it was. And so what I think had to be terrifying for former players was this is an everyday thing, right? Like, this was kind of, in some ways, analogous to the non-contact injury, and you torn your ACL. Like, Absolutely. dude, I was just walking, and then this happened. But this is not that, right? This, this is, this is something that wasn't even on your bingo card of the worst things that could happen to you while you were playing football. And hey, that I imagine had to be wild, terrifying. Well, actually, I mean, and this is—I've been talking about this a little bit. Um, that has to go even far beyond the NFL because there are half dozen to a dozen kids a year that die 
from what DeMar Hamlin died of on middle school and high school fields every year. Every year, like there's there's a handful of kids that die from the same thing. So this is, I mean, I would have to imagine, and I don't, you know, I, I don't want to make any predictions. I'm not a person. I'm grappling with the future of the game. But I can't imagine that a lot of people, a lot of parents of young children watched that game last night and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to sign my kid up for that game. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like I don't youth participation in football has been declining. I think every year for like the last 15 years or something like that. Um, I would be really curious to know what it's going to look like from this, because this is I mean, this happens on one of the NFL's most valuable pieces of property, Monday Night Football. Everybody's watching. This is the news. This is a news story my mama was talking about. This is on MSNBC. You had to go on CNN to talk about it. Um, the people that that are already sort of be inclined to be scared of what can happen out there. Um, how could you look at your little kid and be like, oh, yeah, sign him up if well, something like that can happen? Well, let's be clear about something. Youth football, tackle yep. youth football is indefensible. It cannot I, be justified. Tackle. Um, Right, it's, like it's, it's so it's so fun, Bomani. But you're you're right. I mean, it was the, it's yeah. the most fun I've had in football. But yes, it it yeah. people can't do it anymore. Oh yeah, I mean, I bet cocaine would be fun too. And you and you know, and also part of why you had so much fun playing you football is that was your athletic peak. You know what I'm saying? Like that, you was you was dominating. I'm not going to even dispute that. But yeah, I, was, <laughs> I mean, we would. But I mean, we yes, we were dominant. You know, in the span, I'll just give you a little in the span <laughs> of like ten months. I was the fastest ten year old in the country. We went undefeated in football, went 10 and 0. I think we only allowed 14 points that year. I was a quarterback, in case you want to know. And uh, uh, and I was, I was starting point guard for a team and went 8 0 in my little YMCA league. But we ain't, we ain't got to talk about that. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I knew, I knew so it yeah. was all coming. But, no, but here's yeah. my thing about it it doesn't necessarily create better football players either. Like, yeah. I don't have any evidence that playing football at that young age matters. Like, if everybody started playing tackle football in the ninth grade, I don't know how much about, like, the ultimate outcomes change or anything like that. I think it's pretty clear, and I think studies have been run on this anyway, that it's, in, in addition to be morally indefensible for youth football, that basically kids should not play football until they turn 14 years old or older because their brains are not equipped to yeah. absorb the punishment they take at that age so yeah i mean yeah I, and i think about the people that were great in youth football people like myself uh and like did it matter when i was 20 years old nah i could have picked up football in high school and been okay so yeah i i mean again but Bo, if you i, I hate to well you know what i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna ask the cliche question because everybody was asking me that uh the other night like are you gonna let desmond play football i was like well if he wants to play it when he's 14 he can decide what he wants to do but before that nah i mean also the coaching isn't great coaching is hard it's really hard to find good coaches just imagine the yo, pool you're picking from for youth football yo yo the thing about youth football coaches the question about whether or not to let somebody coach youth football comes down to one thing do you want to that's it <laughs> right like like we just hey man it's just so good that you out here working with these kids because we've been yeah. giving dudes way too much oh, credit yeah. For working oh, with yeah. this, and but they doing their own cosplay of like you know wanting to be that guy and the respect that ultimately comes from it and everything else. But no, like just the more you really go back and think about it, there's just like what what show was that? Uh, the show that one of them networks had the reality show with the youth oh, football. It was the, it was, a, it was a San Antonio. Was it Tykes? Or what was it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tykes. The word Tykes was involved. But Tykes I remember I saw a dude that I played little league against. As one of them coaches, oh, and on, and I remember he was a very good athlete relative to the level that we was all. Yeah, yeah you know I mean, what I'm saying. And yeah. it like it would stand to reason that he would be the dude at this point. But these kids was out here concussed, laid out on the ground, and all of this. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. This isn't there. There's no justification. If you want them out there playing flag or whatever, right. that there's something to that. Like I am not. I'm not down on like the notion or just the idea of football. Right. I'm down on how hurting it is. It is yeah. injurious. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And I, I think that's the problem. Like I, I don't, again, I don't have, I'm, I'm not a person that wants to see football go away and I'm grappling with that. Like there are a lot of people that think that that's indefensible, inexcusable, and I'm a brute and I, I'll own that if that's what it is. I have not gotten there. 
um, with football yet. But in terms of like having kids out there, um, it's too dangerous. And the people, the pool of people that you have to pick from. And look, I was a youth football coach once. Um, I think people that work with kids, they choose and they want to do that. That is great. If that's your ministry, good for you. Um, but uh, the pool of people that you got to pick from a lot of the times are not, I mean, either you might not get the football uh, information that you need, or you may not be, they may not be the adult that you necessarily want to have around your kid. Um, and I just, that's why I'm just like, let's just end that. Youth sports is hard enough as it is all over the place. Like what, just pick it up in high school and you'll be fine. And they might be better football players if they play soccer as kids. Get them feet right. Hey, man, that's, that's look, man, do dance, do all these other things. There's so many other ways to get yourself right and get ready for football. You can teach. I, I'm a person, maybe you know, a lot of people might disagree with me. You can figure out tackling as you get older. Um, I don't think you need to do that at 12 years old. Anything you learn at 12 years old anyway ain't going to hold up when you're 19 years old. Well, also, from what I've heard from people watching the USC game, apparently playing all that youth football don't make you no better tackler <laughs> no way. <laughs> Hey, man, if I had to tackle Ty G. Spears, uh, oh, oh, boy, too late, I might struggle, too, because uh, that's a bad boy, man. Although that ain't, I mean, USC ain't tackled nobody this year, to be honest. So. Yes. All right, so, you know, we mm -hmm. dealt with, we, we dealt mm -hmm. with this. Want to talk stuff. about it? We dealt with the stuff, so now let's let Joel get up we'll on the bullshit. Now, I need people we'll to understand, I need okay. people to understand something about Joel and his bullshit. Okay. Oh man, come on, man. I just want people to get this. And I get where Joel is coming from. Joel wanted TCU to hire Deion Sanders, which I think could have worked out very well if they had done that. After he wanted them to hire another coach who got a job at another school, but that's neither here nor there. Wait, what other coach? You know which one. I'm trying to trying to let you have oh, a about this. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, man, you really that's a deep pull, bro. That ain't no deep yeah, pull. You was pool. like, can you said it even okay. so they hired Sonny Dykes. Joel didn't want Sonny Dykes. And he's like, I want it. Insert coach here, right? He got he got into his sociopathic bag and it just was saw him a Dion. It was him a Dion. Yeah. It was always yeah. him a Dion. Okay. Two guys who are kind of similar but way different, all at the same time. Anyway. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, and so they got Sonny Dykes. So all year long, Joel down on TCU ain't gonna be no good because they got Sonny Dykes as the coach. Had you seen the last four years? Had you half, seen the previous half, seasons? Halfway through the season, it reached a point where TCU <laughs> is they keep finding ways to win these games, and we on a group chat, me, Joel, and Master Test Fashion of a uh, Prime Video, and. Me and Master just couldn't stop laughing because Master was like, TCU undefeated and Joel is furious. So Joel, <laughs> would, Joel would down talk his squad all game long and then they'd have one of these ridiculous comebacks and now Joel out here talking about <laughs> My frogs and all this stuff. I and mean, they never, the, they always my frogs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 you ain't say nothing about them being your frogs before that. You would be, yeah, they ain't no good. You, I mean, I, when we want to talk to you about the fact that they was losing, you ain't have nothing on it. And then they come out on the back end, and now all of a sudden you out here with your chest out, with your little, with your little um amphibian shirt on, right? You, okay, okay. But now I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep telling people. I'm gonna keep, you, I'm gonna keep you, letting people. You, you, you a hater, know. and I think I'm gonna keep letting people. You, you've never, you've never rooted for a team that was any good and i I'm understand a, you've never word, rooted for a champion word, you've word. never rooted, I've never for, rooted a for a champion i've never, never rooted, rooted for a champion, champion. i've oh, never okay. rooted for a champion okay one is it one just okay. one Just yeah one? Oh, okay oh, for what okay. it's worth for what it's uh, worth neither have you anyway um <laughs> well i'm an astros fan too you may oh okay <laughs> okay. okay okay anyway right. my point my point being joel was doing this sleight of hand thing where when they was losing, he was right, but when they won, he was a proud alum. And 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 that yeah, and that and that is why I have been actively rooting against TCU for weeks now. And I'm he not has. rooting against he, well, TCU. He's not lying. I'm rooting against you. No, and I thought that Kansas State had done the job for us all, which would have then had TCU <laughs> going to play that game that uh, Kansas State had to play, which was this year's version of that Capital One Bowl where Alabama uh, went in there to, let, to remind y'all what time it was. Okay, so anyway, 
I have been rooting against Joel. TCU this, and Alabama with, had a common opponent real quick, just so you know. Yes. TCU and Alabama had a common yes. opponent. They both yes, they won, did. by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. I don't root for that team, so it doesn't Okay, just want to make sure. Okay. See, Joel? Who looked more impressive against that team? No, but this is what, hold on. This is why I've been rooting against you, is this point right here. You refuse to believe that I stopped rooting for Texas. And so when I say I stopped rooting for Texas, I did. There's nothing good that could happen for Texas that I'm going to celebrate because Mm. I'm out. And when I'm out, I'm out. (laughs) You like to dip out when it's good for you and then show back up for the party. And that's why I'm rooting against you. But anyway, 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 let me me get to the good part. Let Let me get to the good part. So I spent some time in Atlanta during the holidays. <laughs> and I was seeing them UGA fans walking around. Mm-hmm. I saw some dude. He had his two kids that looked like they were like maybe 11 and 9, 10 and 8, something like that. Yeah. And they had on their UGA number 34 jerseys. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but I don't want them to win neither. Like the thing about Georgia was I've been around Georgia fans for a very long time, but they ain't really have no room to talk no shit to nobody so i didn't realize what i didn't like about them in that same way you know so <laughs> i'm torn here because i really want you to lose like i i i, I really I, I su- want i support you to game lose. theory the right time i was i, I, su- I support hang up and listen i, I just support slow burn i just i mean why would you want that why would you why would you want to see your friend suffer. I just spent 10 minutes explaining why I want to see this happen. It got nothing to do with you. That's not personal. (laughs) That's not personal. You're the one that decided to antagonize me because I hold my program to a higher standard. That's all. I look, I look, here's the thing. I wanted to antagonize you because y'all's head coach got caught saying the N-word and I just like, see, not, not the current one. I just like seeing you try to figure out how you how you was gonna ride with that. I mean, look, man, if I if I have a problem with every everything racist, I ain't gonna do nothing in this country. <laughs> I'll, you know what? <laughs> you know, I mean, you th- I I don't know. You think Al Copeland loved black people, man? I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know. But, I mean, you think I'm a boycott Popeyes? No. Uh, <laughs> I just ask you this though, because that game was wild, and you'd acknowledge. Y'all caught the luckiest couple of breaks. And I ain't talking about that targeting thing because that didn't matter. But that dude, that dude catching that ball on the one-yard line and then them fumbling, man. Woo! We were ahead the whole game. We were ahead by yeah. three scores. Y'all tried to get back. Y'all, y'all tried That's hard fair. to get it back. It was an incredible game. I just want to know, like, your booty had to be like, like, like I an mean, iron fist, right? I wish I had didn't have a rooting interest in the game, so I could have actually enjoyed it. But here's the thing. No matter what happened, if TCU had gone up by 30, 40 points, I still would have been terrified. I'm a Houston Oilers fan, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I, like, that, hearing about that Minnesota Vikings comeback was traumatic to me. Uh, so, I, I no, I, I, I would have never felt comfortable, but especially that game. Because here's the thing. Like, a friend of mine uh, who played – He's, he's a linebacker at Notre Dame in the 90s. And he told me this the other day. He's like, well, the good thing about football is that you don't have to be the best team in the nation. You just have to be the best team in the stadium that day. And actually, I found out, Jimmy, that Lou Holtz said that, not you. So I, <laughs> you, you took credit You took credit for that. But <laughs> but so that, that was the thing. Like, I think if Michigan had to play TCU 10 times, they probably went seven or eight. But the thing was that you're right. The breaks went their way some of the time. But also, like, can we just talk about the fact that, like, Maybe Michigan was a little overrated. I mean, we're talking about a defense. Everybody kept talking about that defense. Like, man, they didn't shut down everybody. Bruh, they played 10 offense, 10 offenses ranked 73rd or worse in scoring offense this season. Like, I mean, look at who they were building their numbers against. So it's like the fact that people didn't believe the TCU could hang with them. I'm like, what are you basing it on? They Michigan plays a two-game season. They play Penn State, they play Ohio State. And well, that's what we're supposed to be judging things on. Well, they get a couple of tricky games to deal with, right? Like the Iowa game, especially if you're playing it there, is uh, always a tricky game. You know what I mean? Like, but you know how conference, but you do know this. You know how conference okay, stuff goes. And there's right. that, you know, and there's that somebody in Iowa, boy, what a, what an amazing, like, everything about, wow, I'm sorry. Just, um, yeah, but no, I think what you said was fair. I think part of what people were saying, and this is what I think is kind of an underrated part of this, you want to talk about some vindication for the Big 12? Man. 
Because that mean, was the real reason that people didn't think they had a chance is that Michigan is Michigan and TCU is TCU, which is to say that you could reasonably presume that Michigan would be vastly superior at the line of scrimmage, right? Like that's where the difference comes up between the tiers of schools is really what you got at the line of scrimmage. Right. That wasn't the case there. That wasn't it. You would expect that Michigan would have more depth and that depth was tested coming in because the running back didn't even play, right? Their best player. Yeah, Blake um, Horn. He said over out. there with that like quarter million dollar piece around his neck. Did you see that? <laughs> hey man, NIL must be nice, bro. I, you know, I did see that. So I, I mean, not, I mean, now you can get it and flash it. You know, it needs yeah, to be but I like say that. he need he need to get a sturdier chain because that thing was begging to get snatched. <laughs> I'm like, you boy, I don't think you boys understand the expensive oh. jewelry rules. I don't know if I want to fight nobody. I mean, Blitcorn about five ten, probably about two. Nah, 12. you can snatch. You can snatch and go. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Like chain snatchers are not doing it and then standing there preparing to fight. But then you got to run away. Then you got to try to run away from. A, I mean, imagine your fortune. You got to run away from fair, a Heisman Trophy fair, candidate. Fair, you know, fair, 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 fair. Like once, once you put it in those terms, I'm not yeah. saying it's wise, but I'm saying somebody, might, so, somebody stupid would try it though. I, yes. that is fair. Yes, or somebody packing. Yeah, it just all it. You know, it just all depends. But no, I, I, I think, especially, and also with TCU, to be fair, they felt like the Minnesota Vikings of college football to an extent with all the one-score games, right? I can go with that. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, TCU is not overly talented. They were not so much more talented than their competition that you could think they could overwhelm anybody. And they didn't. They didn't overwhelm anybody this season other than Oklahoma, uh, which I mean, I still at that, that stretch where everybody was overwhelming Oklahoma, right? But you know, the thing was too is that that game started out when Oklahoma had Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. So without Dylan Gabriel, OU is like a bottom tier group of five team. But with Dylan Gabriel, they were still pretty good, and they still put it on them boys. But other than them in Iowa State, like I couldn't look at anything and say, "Well, man, TC is so good and they could dominate anybody." And that's. So it, it was reasonable for people to be like, hey, man, they've been getting away with it all season long, and that's going to catch up with them. But, you know, hey, man, you that's why they play these games. That's, that's why, why they, they play, play these games. games. What you, you think about that Georgia thing? No, that game, that was an amazing game, too. And I think, like, that was a Ryan Day vindication game. Even if they did not win that, it yeah. was like, no, we are on the – like, Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama – really have been the schools they get the most the three schools they get the players like you know Texas A&M's popped in and done a little something but for years those three had been a tier above everybody else and if you're going right. to be Ohio State you have to be competitive with Georgia you have to be competitive when you play Alabama last time they played Alabama they were not competitive they right. were very competitive in this game and good for you Ryan Day Georgia man how, how did they got so many dog yeah I mean people just coming out the AD Mitchell kid uh, I was like, I forgot about him. And then, you know, it's just, it's funny how a name sneaks up on you. Kenny McIntosh. Who the hell, you know, who, who is that? I was like, that dude, Cole. Uh, they've got three tight ends, although I don't, I think maybe Darnell, uh, the, the, the six, seven, right. 270, yeah, he may not play, which I look, I don't, I don't wish injury on nobody. I, I want to, if, if TCU wins, I want them to win with Georgia full strength. But if you don't play, like, I won't be hurt about it. Uh, yeah. he's, a, he's important. But yeah, man, they, I mean, they've got, I mean, they got dogs everywhere, bro. Every, 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 every level of the field, and uh, I mean, they're playing a different game. I mean, I, you know, I know George Foster, whoever tried to be bullying me, you know, trying to want me to make me make me, you know, feel like I got a, a you know, kneel kneel before the throne. And I'm like, look, man, that's great. You know, Georgia got a nice little program, man. You all just talking real. <laughs> yeah, just now, talking now real you, big now right you now. You see my you dilemma. Know? Now you see my dilemma. They just talking real big right now, and I'm just like, you know, just would do y'all real good to be humble. Y'all got, you know, uh, <laughs> y'all got a 34 year old accountant as your quarterback. I would not. <laughs> I I just I would not. <laughs> I I just they feel it. They, you know, just don't don't talk to us like we the kid like we look like we kids right now. You know what I'm saying? TCU is is in this game for a reason. I will say this. I know we coming up on rap time here. Hmm. Gary Patterson would not want to have to deal with 10 of the 11 guys on Georgia's offense. But I bet you Gary Patterson, this that that's a Gary Patterson game right there. Stetson mm -hmm. Bennett, he's like, oh, Food. I got something for you. <laughs> Food. Watch. Watch this. Right. Food. I mean, he don't work is, there no more. You know, but you know, Philip Montgomery, man, he did a really good job in the previous game. Those boys came to play. If you watched that game, you saw TCU. The defense, I mean, look, they get they gave up 45 points, but it, you cannot 
credibly say that they got dominated. I think after that first that opening run that Donovan Edwards had, they held Michigan to three yards a carry. This is allegedly the best offensive line, one of the best running games in the country, and TCU pretty much shut them down. Yeah, after but the them first boys, was, they was that game was sponsored by coverage bus on both sides. It was a whole <laughs> lot of why is he right? Why is he by himself? Yeah, man, it's just. I mean, this is. I I think it. People, you know, we grew up in a different you know era of the game. It's just hard to defend these guys, man. You, the thing it, at this level of football, you just have to understand that your team's gonna give up thirty eight points, bro. It is, and it's nothing personal. You can still have a great defense, but you're gonna give up thirty eight points. The the issue is, can you get thirty nine? Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, I think I'm gonna be neutral. Mm. I, don't think, I don't think I'm a root against you. Well, you know, I I may have heard I may I may have heard a little something about who you invited as your guest next Wednesday, and I look I. I, I I see the disrespect, Bo. No, so, no, 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 so no. I see the disrespect. Let me, let me, I know me, what you're trying me, to do. Let me no, no. Let me explain mm. my logic. Okay. All right. I don't okay. even know if she's accepted, but we invited El Duncan to come mm. on. <laughs> Y'all see that, people? No, <laughs> Y'all see no, that? No, no. Listen, listen, listen. Here's my rationale. Mm. You're only fun if TCU wins. <laughs> She'll be fun, win or lose. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair that's, enough. That's that's the whole thing, right? Because if they lose, you're gonna be back on your bullshit. I knew Sunday Dice couldn't do it, and da da da. And it would be things no. that I would find funny, but the audience would not. But like, nothing, nothing, nothing that happens on Monday will change the way I feel about this season. Sunday Dykes has vindicated himself to me. You know what I'm saying? Not that he needed to do that, but I, I. I would be a fool to sit up here and argue against Sonny Dykes is yes. the, the coach for the program right I, now. I think you are. And with that in mind, that reminds me. That that was unnecessary. But that's that fine. reminds me. Rest in peace to Mike Leach. Sonny Dykes put the Mike Leach patch on the helmets. So I just want to say rest in peace to Mike Leach. You know, Joel. that's that is Joel Anderson. Um, check him out at Slate. Check out Hang Up and Listen. He'd be working on the slow burns, all kinds of other stuff. He roots for the TCU Horn Frogs. He was the fastest 10 uh, year old in America. Joel, I appreciate you being on. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much. I don't for like what you did there at the end. On the I, right I, time. I don't we like do what this, you did We do though, this three right. times a week. Uh, Parker Owens, Dan Stasic, Adi Khan handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow the right time. And thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.